What's up, guys? This is Bradley. I wanted to tell you about a company that I really, really like, ePay Policy. They completely saved my tail on a case last week. As many of you know, I started my independent insurance agency with a lot of questions, concerns. I didn't know what I didn't know, and that proved true when I wrote my first agency-billed homeowner's policy. I write this policy, and the client tells me, all right, let me pay you with a credit card. I'm like, uh... How do I take a credit card payment? And guess what, guys? Square and PayPal, it's against their terms of service for you to use it for an insurance premium. God forbid somebody pay you and then you end up not getting that payment. So in came ePay policy. They completely saved the day for me, got me signed up within 24 hours. They provide the simplest solution for your agency to collect credit card and ACH payments while finally putting a stop to chasing those paper checks around. I don't want to be in the collection business. I want to be in the insurance business. With ePay policy, you pass the processing fees onto the client, keeping your bottom line intact while providing an added convenience to your clients of accepting digital payments. The page that you send the client for them to make the payment is branded and tailored to your agency. Mine has my logo. And when it comes to reconcile, their accounting dashboard keeps the process clean and simple, and they integrate with all the major management systems, including mine, at no extra cost. Look, they know how busy you and your clients are. They provide the simplest solution for your agency to collect credit card and ACH payments while finally putting a stop to chasing paper checks. There's no contract, no setup fee, no hidden costs. It takes less than five minutes to sign up, and they'll have you up and collecting digital payments within 24 hours like they did for me. Give ePay Policy a call or hit them up online at ePayPolicy.com and let them know that the insurance guy sent you. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, agency owner and agency insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, a parade first team All-American, Rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Man, I am doing fantastic. You look beautiful today, by the way. Thanks. Appreciate that. I love the beanie. It really looks cool. Guys, our mission on this podcast. It's cold. Yeah. For Mobile, Alabama, it's freaking freezing right now. Uh, Guys, our mission on this podcast is to help you guys any way we can. Sales, service, marketing, Hiring, hiring, firing, firing, digital. I know his intro better than he Customer does service, you name it, we're going to do it. We've got a very special guest on today, guys. I'm excited to have her. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the Beyonce of the insurance business and the insurance world on this podcast today. So let me go ahead and, and introduce her today. She lives in Columbus, Ohio. She studied marketing at the University of Scranton. I love this about her. This is a quote. When I say sexy, exciting, rewarding, challenging, what's the first industry you think of? Not (laughs) the insurance industry. We need to shed the pale, male, and stale title. I love that so much. She comes from a fourth-generation family in insurance just north of Pennsylvania. She was a speaker last year at Gary Vaynerchuk's Agent 2021 Conference 
and I am excited to have her on this program today. She is currently in Columbus and is working as an agency consultant for an insurance association there. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the other incomparable Miss Ashley Fitzsimmons. How are you, Ashley? Hello, guys. I'm doing awesome. I feel like your energy just gave me more like energy than a cup of coffee would. I'm <laughs> yeah. super well, right he, now. Do, he does that to people. I have heard that before. I have heard that before. He, he, he actually got Joey Gingola very excited yesterday. Yeah, which has never been done before in the history of mankind. Well, that, hey, that is a feat in and of itself. That's jo- pretty awesome. Yeah. It was a great podcast. If you guys haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. Ashley, I want you to do me a big favor today. Can you help me out just a little bit? Absolutely. What I, do I have to do? I need you to get in the passenger seat of my DeLorean, and we're going to go back in time for just a minute to an earlier time in Ashley's life. And I want you to talk, tell our audience of 250,000 insurance agents how we got started in the insurance business and kind of bring us up to now. Yeah, absolutely. I joke that I was roped into the insurance industry. I mean, obviously growing up around it, you know, like you said in the beginning when I quoted before, pale mail and stale, it's not something that I ever thought I'd want to go into. I wanted something exciting and fast-paced and where I had to learn all the time. And it turns out insurance is exciting and fast-paced and you have to learn all the time. So I was graduating college, didn't really find anything that I wanted to do right at that exact time when I was graduating. So my family approached me and said, hey, just, you know, help us out. Get us through the summer. If you don't like it, you can kind of go off on your own after that, but at least give it a shot. So I did. I gave it a shot. And they told me right in the beginning, you know, for the first year, you're probably not going to like it. People aren't going to want to talk to you. They're going to want to talk to somebody they've always talked to. You're not going to have all the answers. And there's nothing I love more than a challenge. So I made sure that I could soak up as much knowledge and information as I could. And I made sure I could get those answers for people and started really cultivating and building those client relationships. So I think my dad and my uncle played me a little bit there because I think they knew that if they said I'd, I wouldn't like it, that I'd make sure I did. Right. And it worked out. I ended up loving it. Within six months, I was sucked right in, and I absolutely loved what I was doing and realized, hey, this is an awesome industry to be in. We need to figure out how to get more people into it without just getting them roped in by family. Obviously, you've had some great successes and some great recognitions in your time in the industry. How proud are they of you, of everything you've accomplished so far? They are incredibly proud. I mean, I think it's awesome being able to say I've accomplished these things from, you know, a mile-long town in northeastern Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. It just really is incredible, the connections that I've made across the country and where where they've gotten me and and Mm -hmm. the friends that I've made. Um, you know, I've, I've made some friends in the insurance industry that will be at my wedding someday. It's just, it's really awesome. And it's so heartwarming to know that I have friends wherever I go. Right. Hell, I'm proud of you. And I don't even know you and I'm proud of you. Talk a little bit about where you came up with the Beyonce of insurance. I love that so much. Talk about that. Starting out as a joke a little bit because I was just going through LinkedIn one day and, and it was kind of before I really started leveraging LinkedIn and realizing how important that could be in my connection making process. And you see everybody in insurance and they're like, I'm a producer, I'm a customer service rep, I'm an insurance agent, and I get it. Hey, that's all important, and that's exactly what we are. Mm-hmm. But that wouldn't make somebody look at my profile and say, hey, I want to be in insurance. This person looks interesting. Let me look at their profile. So I wanted something that was going to catch somebody's attention, make them do a double take, and make them dive a little bit deeper into my LinkedIn profile. And, I mean, Beyonce is the complete opposite of pale, mail and stale. I mean, she has built an empire. She is involved in everything from, you know, the, their sports management company and, and a singer. And I wanted somebody that was fierce, 
that everybody knew her name, whether or not they liked her, doesn't matter. They know who she is. So that's what I want to do for the insurance industry. I want to build this empire in the insurance industry and, and attract new talent and young talent and, you know, change this. Absolutely. So I've got a, I've got a crazy question for you. I'm going to lead this uh, a little different than anything you probably thought you'd be asked today. So in 1995, I graduated from a small liberal arts school named Birmingham Southern here in, the, in Birmingham, Alabama, with a, a dual degree in both business management and marketing. I noticed as I was researching you that you have graduated from the University of Scranton with a degree in, in marketing. Well, you studied marketing while you were there. And this is a question that I've had for some time. And I'm, the reason I'm asking you this question is because, you know, you've graduated or at least studied uh, at Scranton, you know, fairly recently. You know, I don't, I don't know when, when the last time it was you took classes, but I would assume it would have been in the last, what, five years, three years, something like that? Well, I appreciate that, but it's been almost 10. Oh, okay. 10 still <laughs> a lot, a lot, you know, closer to now than when I graduated. But I've always wondered – for people that are graduating, for young adults that are graduating with a degree in marketing from one of these universities, don't don't matter where it is, doesn't don't care, uh, Alabama, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, Stanford, you know, every school in the United States of America, does the marketing degree that you get nowadays, does it really prepare you for going out into the real world? And as fast as social media is changing, as fast as things are changing. In terms of advertising and marketing, does it does it really prepare you for that? I don't discredit college remotely. Uh-huh. Um, I'm glad that I went. I'm glad that I gained some of the other knowledge that I learned there, right. um, you know, from a finance perspective or accounting perspective. But no, I don't believe that the actual marketing courses themselves really prepared me for what I was going to have to do in right. the real world. Right. And that could be just the courses that I chose, or maybe I should have gone a little bit toward, more towards advertising. Mm-hmm. But no, I definitely think that you should be required to take more out of class time to go and do, you know, internships or something along those lines, because it's the real world experience that's going to help you grow and definitely learn all of those tips and tricks that you need to succeed. Well, and I'll tell you why I asked that question. I've always scratched my head thinking about the fact that, you know, at most major universities, you've got a guy teaching a marketing senior, junior level marketing class that maybe they're in their sixties. They've been doing it for 20 or 30 years. And you're right. College is a great thing. And for a lot of people, it it works. But I've just always kind of scratched my head, especially the last five years uh, with with the advent of all these social media platforms and how how insurance agencies are marketing, how different it is than it was even 10 years ago. And I thought to myself, you know, is there any way that a marketing professor at UCLA can keep up with, you know, what's going on with marketing and advertising and, and those kinds of things, especially as it relates to social media and Facebook ads and all this stuff. I just didn't know if kids could really keep up with that, with a, you know, come out of a, a, a you know, a, a university with a marketing degree and really, you know, have a good understanding of how to do that. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I don't, I don't think you learn that in class. I think you learn that outside of class, you know, as an individual utilizing social media, and that's when you learn, hey, I could actually leverage this to uh, benefit me and my business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, today I want to talk about three things. I want to deep dive into three things for just a little bit. My goal for 2019, Bradley's goal for 2019, 
we have a we have a, a lot of insurance agents that listen to this podcast, okay? And I think one thing we want to do a better job of this year is give people actionable advice and steps that they can literally hit stop on the podcast, walk away from the podcast, and go, as I always end every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. But we want to give people actionable steps to help them this year. So the reason I'm starting this is as I, as I started doing research on you, you said some things that I found out on the internet that really kind of apply to me. And, and selfishly, I want to talk about them because I have problems with time management and things like that. But, you know, I read somewhere here, it says manages her to-do list by prioritizing her daily top three because on, in this industry, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Her best time sharing tip, don't play phone tag with your customers and avoid drawn out conversations. I have a few agents that before they know it, they've been either on the phone or in person with somebody for three hours for something that should have taken 30 minutes. Give clients the option of texting or utilizing chat features on their website to save time. So let's, let's you and I get together right now and give these agents that are listening to this podcast that maybe are like me and have time management issues, what are some actionable steps that they can take to kind of help with that time management? I mean, definitely, like I said, like I had mentioned there, write down your top three of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather taught me something in the first month of me being in the agency back mm-hmm. when I started in 2010, that no matter what you do, and he, he's mid-80s now, no matter what you do, you will never be caught up in this industry. Right. And that's not a bad thing. If you're always busy, that's a good thing. That means you've got work to do. That means you've got clients coming after you. You've got business. So when you sit down at your desk first thing in the morning, write down your top three. And if you do anything that day, you get those top three things done. That's tip number one. Tip number two, I read this great book called Eat That Frog. Mm. Basically what it's saying is don't put things off. Like, for instance, my biggest thing was we were not a fully paperless agency when I left. And we still did some filing, and I would let that filing pile up. And even though it wasn't, like, super important to get done at that exact moment, it would sit on my desk, and it would eat away at me in the back of my mind. I'm like, man, i got to get that filing done. And it was like an added pressure on your shoulders that you don't even know because it's something so minimal, something that really doesn't matter at that exact moment. But that pile of papers or, you know, that file that's sitting on your desk that you're supposed to review, but you'll get to it, you'll get to it. Or that email that, you know, you'll, you just can't respond to it this exact second. Mm-hmm. Those things weigh on you, and you don't even, like, realize it subconsciously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and cross I'll those t- three I, tasks I, off. When you finally do get that filing done or that email or that tough phone call that you need to go ahead and make, boy, it feels good if yep. you get it done. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. Uh, n- well, that, that's where I was headed with this. Guys, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I want you to listen to every word that comes out of my mouth. As an insurance agent, you got to run towards burning buildings and not away from them. So, you know, if you've got that tough phone call to make on a claim that got denied that morning or that the day before and somebody's called and left a message on your general mailbox and they're just extremely upset, you need to run towards that burning building. Get mm-hmm. that go ahead and have that conversation. Because if you don't, it's going to weigh on you all day long until you finally make that call. And there have been times, probably in the last two to three years, where if I have a client that is beyond upset, you know, over into the realm of furious, I may give that a little bit of time. It may only be two or three hours just to let them calm down just a little bit before I call them back. But for the most part, 
I am trying to eat live frogs as fast as I possibly can. See, upset clients are upset with Scott on the phone, but when they meet him in person, all of a sudden they, they're not so upset when they I, see how tall he is. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But that would definitely be something that I, that I would highly encourage people to do is yeah, go ahead and eat that live frog. Because uh, mm-hmm. and to your point, Ashley, you build this stuff up in your mind before mm-hmm. you make that tough phone call to a client that you know y'all are about to you know scrimmage a little bit about something or, or, or you know you're going to have to be empathetic and listen to what they have to say. And it's never as bad as you make it out to be in your mind. Exactly, because if you genuinely care about that client, that's going to come off over the phone. It's right. going to come off in your tone. And it, like you said, it might not be as bad as you think. And you touched on a good point there, just to do a little bit of a sidebar, because I think a lot of agents forget this, and I'm guilty of forgetting this as well. You know, we deal with claims on a daily basis. You mm-hmm. hit a deer, um, you the, a pipe burst in your house. We hear this on the daily, mm-hmm. but we sometimes forget that that person, that might be the first deer that they've ever hit, and Absolutely. that's a traumatic experience. Yep. So, yeah, okay, great, you hit crisis. another deer, go get your car fixed. But but that's going to shake them up a little bit, and they're going to be a little on edge every time they get in the car now. So you kind of have to take a step back, and when you're talking about a claim and you're making that tough phone call, remember that, hey, this doesn't happen to them every day. Have a little bit of empathy. Take a couple extra minutes on the phone with them and talk them through it. Absolutely. I have a sticky note, a yellow sticky note on my computer at my office. It's the only yellow sticky note I have. It's a three- or four-step process of how to talk to a client who is upset about something. And the very first step is be empathetic and do a lot of listening, acknowledge what it is they're going through. What you just said just a moment ago, you made the case without knowing it of the importance of having a local agent, right? To have someone that you can pick up the phone and call them on the cell phone and have these conversations with. You made that argument without knowing you made it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Guys, you need to be writing this shit down. If you're not, write it down. Next on the agenda for me, you know, I told you I have employees that, that, that will spend two and three hours with people. And, and sometimes you need to. Some, you know, if you're coming in to buy seven policies from us, you may need to spend two hours with somebody. But what are some of your time management, you know, saving tips for phone calls and things with clients to try to limit that to, say, 30 minutes instead of an hour and 45? I mean, most importantly, I, I think on even actually a smaller scale, I mean, if I have somebody coming in to sit down with me at the office, then I'm going to take my time with them because mm-hmm. they're making it a point to take time out of their day to sit down with me and really get to know them. Right. But more so on a smaller level, I encouraged my clients to text me simple questions um, because I don't want to have you call and ask for an ID card and then that turn into a 25-minute conversation about your son's baseball game and so forth. And don't get me wrong, I'm not discrediting the fact that you do need to build relationships and you do need to get to know those clients. When people do call or text me, I, I would always jot down notes on their file like, oh, they're going to Florida to see their new grandchild in two weeks. Because then a month later when they had a claim and they were upset about something, mm-hmm. I can turn it around and say, oh, how was your new grandchild in Florida? And it kind of diffuses the situation. Right. right. So I'm not saying don't make communication solely texting or solely through email. Just use the simpler things. If you want to take a car off your policy, just shoot me a text and say, hey, effective this date, I want to remove this car. It definitely helps. And it definitely helps when they're standing at the front counter to kind of have a teammate that says, hey, 
you know, your phone is ringing, you better go and answer that. You, you kind of have a little process in the agency where you know it's getting a little bit out of hand and a little bit off topic, so you have to politely excuse yourself. So, like I said, you just you have to find that balance, and I think that that comes with practice, and I think for some people it comes naturally. I mean, you, can, you know how you can naturally just walk away from right. someone politely. Um, you, you touched on texting. Talk a little bit of you know, texting my clients is something I'm extremely passionate about, and I, and I mean that because I see in some of these insurance groups on Facebook and I see and I talk to a lot of agents, whenever the subject of cell phone number comes up, you always have that group of people and it's usually the minority that are like, I'm not giving my clients my cell phone, I never would. And obviously some of us have segmentations of clients that Mm -hmm. that we don't want to give our cell phone number out to, but my clients that text me are the lowest maintenance clients of anyone that I deal with. You know, you have to set that precedent. I mean, obviously, yes, I've given my cell phone number to some clients that have called me at all hours of the night or they, they call me first for everything. And, of course, that goes back to setting expectations during the onboarding process. Right. If they can text me and say, hey, I just bought a new car. Here's the VIN number. If they're properly coached and that expectation is made of, hey, look, if I text Bradley, it's not going to get done immediately, you know, for E&O purposes, but he's going to get it done and he'll text me back when it's done. I mean, I was literally texting a client 30 minutes ago, like, hey, I'm going to get this policy written today. You know, he's able to text me. And not only that, the clients like it better because that's how they would prefer to communicate. And I feel like a large group of agents are, are missing the boat big time because they don't want to give their cell phone number out. So what's that do? Most people, you know, unless you're utilizing some kind of technology, they can't text your agency. They're going to call your agency and spend 10, 15 minutes of your time minimum. You know, Don't you feel like people are missing the boat in that regard? Absolutely. I mean, I just sit here and laugh and think they don't want to give their number out because they don't want clients texting them, yet they would expect that kind of service from any other industry. Exactly. You have to communicate the exact way that you would want to be communicated with. You can't be hypocritical about that. Claims don't happen between 9 and 5. You know, right. claims aren't going to wait until tomorrow when your office is open. Yeah. So if there's something major that's happening, I want my insured texting me. Do I want them texting me Sunday at 7 a.m. asking for an ID card? Absolutely not. I mean, if that's the case, that's when you address that with them and say, you know, I'm sorry, but for something that is like this, please contact our office between our office hours. And then you set that precedent. You set that expectation of when it's appropriate for them to text you. But Um, at the same time, does anyone listen to this podcast? Does a text message ruin their day at all? (laughs) You know, if it's something you can't do right then, you know, what I do and, and my insurance know this back to setting expectations they know if I don't answer their text, it's because I have I can't do it right at the moment, right. and I don't want to open the text because I don't want to forget to do it. So, okay, he's saving to do that for later. Right. You know what I mean? I'd rather him text me at midnight and say, hey, I need ID cards in the morning, than call me. You know? Exactly. It takes two seconds to read the text message, and then whatever, one minute right. to take care of that, as opposed to going into the office, sitting down, listening to your voicemail, writing it down. I think too many people, too... And we've talked about this on a previous podcast is they start their processes from the inside out. In other words, this is how we're going to do it. And our clients better get used to it instead of the outside in instead of starting. Okay, how does this customer want to communicate? And then we will reverse engineer and back into our processes. So for the last year and a half, two years, we onboard our clients with automated text messages. If they reply, it goes to my cell phone. And one of the questions that we've asked clients it's, it's like the fifth or sixth text is, how do you want us to communicate with you? 
and it gives them literally every option under the sun. And they text you back, I want to be texted. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's phone. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously there's going to be a little bit of skewed because we are texting it to them, but we actually email it to them as well. Right. It's in the options are phone call, text, email, Zoom, Skype. All the way down, and the last one is carrier pigeon. Right. But the first option is phone call. I was going to say smoke signal, carrier yeah. pigeon. <laughs> the first option is phone call. In a year and a half, I've had zero people say phone call. Right. I've had maybe less than 10% say email, mm-hmm. and 90% have said text message. And I'm talking, these are people in their 60s and 70s and people in their 20s and 30s. Everybody wants to be texted. They don't want... They don't want to communicate, but so, so you're communicating with the clients the way they want to be communicated with, not the way you want to communicate. Hey, Bradley, tell our listening audience, what program are you using to onboard through text? Right now, I'm using TouchPoints Professional, okay. but I'm about to make a change. So. Okay. Is that the... Agency in, Elephant. Yeah. Okay. So, And about, I give my cell number out as well. I mean, right, they have it. So. Right. So, Ashley, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to Bradley's heart. When we get to talking about this, he may flip this table over in this conference room. We may lose this podcast. One of the things that you two both are very, very passionate about, you are passionate about it. Bradley is passionate about it. I am passionate about it. Being authentic on social media. Hmm. Get ready. Bradley's about to flip the table over. So talk a little bit about that, what the importance of that is and why that's so important. I think agents are missing the boat on this as well because I look at so many insurance agents, um, insurance agency Instagrams, and it's just the same churned out posts that everybody else has. It's the same things that you know companies are offering. They just take the easy way out and say, "Yeah, the company did this for me. I'll just stick that on my Instagram." But what you're missing there is you're a human being, you're a person, and someone is trusting you with their assets and someone is trusting you that if something goes wrong, you're going to put it back together. So why wouldn't you want to show them that you're a real person too? And you do things outside of the office that make you look like a, you know, you're giving back to the community or, you know, show that you also have a family and that really builds that trust and that sense of relationship between the two of you. You know, they don't care that you have an umbrella on there that shows that you sell umbrella insurance. They want to see you sitting there with your family and, um, you know, enjoying whatever, the park or a meal or something, and show that you are actually a person that does care about things and, in a sense, cares about your clients. Um, you know, I joke it's like it's like a dating app. It's like when you're looking at their pictures and you're like, oh, wow, they're really good looking, and then they show up to dinner and they don't have that filter that they had on their app <laughs> on them now. They end up looking. And it's they, like, they really? Up, like, they, you wasted all my time? They, yeah, they show up to dinner and they look well, like Scott. And, and back to my texting thing <laughs> in these insurance groups. The question always comes up once every couple months, who adds their clients on Facebook? And the overwhelming majority friends their clients on Facebook. The overwhelming majority is I don't I don't I would never do that. I'm like, why would you not want why? you know, when when somebody calls me to cancel their insurance, mm-hmm. I want it to be as painful for them as breaking up with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Absolutely. I want them to feel like exactly. dang it, when I cancel this insurance, Bradley, like like oh, I know I'm gonna have to see his kids on Facebook mm-hmm. or his kid on Facebook and his family and his wife. Right. And, you know what I mean? Right. So I, I agree. That's I feel so passionately about the authenticity aspect because as an industry, I feel like we're extremely missing the boat on that because we can't go take a picture of insurance. Right. We can't go to our office and make insurance 15% off today. If we did, we would go to jail. Right. We have to do something, and, and we are our product. Absolutely. Sorry. I, he was right. <laughs> no, no. Go 
I love it. Take take it away. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like insurance should not be transactional. Insurance needs to be relational. Like we like you, like you just said, you can't take a picture of insurance. I mean, you can take a picture of God forbid, but a house that's that has burnt down and that does evoke some emotion. But you know, you don't ever want to get to that point. You don't ever want to have somebody that comes in and say, "Hey, my house burned down." Mm-hmm. So we don't want to just make this a transaction. You want to yeah. build that relationship with that client and make them feel that when they're walking out that door, yeah, they don't have something physical in their hand. We can't give them something tangible to leave with, but they have that warm, fuzzy feeling like, you know what? They genuinely cared about me, and I trust that, God forbid, something goes wrong, that they've protected me. A buddy of mine had a conversation with with Gary Vaynerchuk about this, and he's in insurance, and Gary's stance was, look, stop leading with fear. Stop leading with, oh my God, this could happen to you, or or GoFundMe is not life insurance and all that bull crap that all of us have been guilty of, but start leading with the authentic version of who you are. And people who are attracted to people like you in terms of personality are going to do business with you. Absolutely. The amount of people that do business with me because they like me is the biggest segment. Mm. Agents reach out to me and they say, hey, you know, I know you have a lot of referral partners. How do I even get started? I'm like, look for somebody like you. Right. Start with someone, start with a loan officer or realtor in your age range, mm. it, you know, in your, you know, socioeconomic back, you know, start with somebody who you're going to click with and then they're going to do business with you because they like you. Right. And then, then you perfect your process. And once you perfect that process, then you can branch out and talk to other folks. Absolutely. I mean, that only makes sense, but it's amazing how many, how many things should make sense in our industry that people don't take advantage of. Well, and it's easy to say it. I mean, it's another thing to do it, you know, but, but yeah, absolutely. So I got two people on this podcast right now, Bradley Flowers, Ashley Fitzsimmons, both, I believe, fall into the category of at the top end of the millennial generation. Let's talk to the big eye for a minute. Let's talk to Property and Casualty Magazine for a minute. Let's talk to all of these publications out there that talk about millennials and how hard it is to get people into the insurance business. What can we do as an industry to do a better job to create an industry that is sexy, that is something that millennials and young people want to be a part of because I agree with you a hundred percent Ashley I think young people coming out of college and and in their 20s and and early 30s they don't see the industry that way and therefore we're having a hard time getting those people to come on board I think we have to start even younger I don't think we start at the college level when you're going to college you kind of some most of you I would say have a general idea of where you're going I think we need to start at the high school level and get involved with, you know, FBLA or whatever type of organization that you can and go and speak to them and just be like, listen, you don't just get a salary and then you come and sit here from nine to five and then that's it. Insurance is what you make it. You can literally be as successful as you want to be in this industry. And not only on top of that, what do you love? Do you love cars? Awesome. You can go and work in a classic car niche. Mm -hmm. Do you love skiing? Cool. Go after mountains. You can literally go after everything that you love needs insurance. Insurance is the base of everything. So you can go into any segment that you want to go into. You can make as much money as you want to make. And on top of that, you can have a work-life balance. It's completely flexible. You're not stuck in an office all day. You can make this job whatever you want to make it. And I think that that's what people don't realize. And Mm. that's what we have to get out there in front of people and, and tell them that. 
and explain to them that this is just such an incredible industry to be in. And now is the time to do it with everybody looking for their ticket out. Ashley, I had an epiphany yesterday. I need to tell you about it. Oh, God. I'm on the phone with JAG Insurance Services out of Miami, Florida yesterday. Oh, they're only worth about $200 million in premium, but uh, who cares? So... No so, big deal. Yeah, no big deal. So JAG Insurance and found... even more impressive, nobody really knows who they are. Exactly, nobody knows who they are. So JAG Insurance founding partners, there's three of them, all three were collegiate athletes. And through the course of that podcast, I had an epiphany yesterday, and I'm speaking directly to the big eye right now. I started thinking about this. <laughs> Don't make I, us have to edit this and out. So, and so <laughs> I started thinking about this yesterday, and I thought, you know what? What for high school and college athletes who have been a member of a team sport for four years or eight years or since they, you know, were little, what what industry is better than the insurance industry? Think about it. You get to play a team sport with teammates. You have a team. And every day, you're either winning or losing. You've got a scoreboard. The scoreboard is, I've got a product to sell. I'm going up against three agents down the street. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. Right? Am I correct on that? So, so to 100%. me, there's another segment of the population that we're probably not reaching out to enough is that team sport guy that's been playing college ball or high school ball. But Ashley, I just want to tell you again how much I appreciate you being on this podcast today. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to Bradley. Man, if there is anything he and I can ever do for you, you please reach out and get a hold of us. We would absolutely love to have you back on here again one day. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys reaching out. I was excited when I got the request. Absolutely. Hey, before I leave, you got one thing. Got one thing. Got to, I, I got to do this. I was reading into you and, and looking on you know all your social media sites and doing all that. I want you to tell everybody what your favorite book is. Oh, my favorite book currently is definitely The Power of Moments. Power of Moments. That's right. Highly Such rec- a great book. Yeah, and I wanted to tell our audience, if you get a chance, audible.com or just go buy the book, The Power of Moments. We'll put a link to that in the, Ab- the, the show notes. Absolutely. Ashley, I'm going to close this thing out. Insurance agents from around the world, listen to me. Get your ass out from behind that desk today and go out in the big bad world and compete. Compete. Make money for your family. Make money for your kids. Make money to help your mom and dad out that are struggling right now. Go out today and earn money for your family. Write good business for the agencies that you represent. Write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Miss Ashley. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.